Welcome to the Meal Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay S. Nixon from GetMealPlans.com. This is season two, episode 11. And I'm so incredibly excited. I know I always say this, but I'm really happy, so thrilled to have our host on today. She was a Herbie of the Week, and her story was just so remarkable, incredible, and inspiring, and we'll talk about that. But now she's with Meal Mentor 2, and she's just been such a joy to have as a member, and some more exciting things have happened. And I just, I really love her perspective. So let me just bring her on and say, hey, what's up, Stacy? Hey, Lindsay and listeners. Hi, we're so excited to have you. I am so excited. Thank you for having me. Yes, and you're a listener, so this must be like nice to have a different perspective for you. It is. Yeah, I actually, I think I'm not quite current. I maybe missed the last like two or three, but otherwise I've listened to all of them. I love them. Oh, wow. That's that's a lot. (laughs) I would know. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for people who maybe aren't members, they don't know you or who haven't already read your Herbie of the Week story, which was recent. It was just in um, February. But uh, maybe you could just give us a quick, um, you know, story, bio, background about sort of your health and how you came to this plant-based lifestyle. Sure, definitely. I hopefully will not be long-winded. I was thinking about this and (laughs) I wanted to make sure it was not too long. But I think one of the things that I've really realized is it's truly a journey. So I, uh, about four and a half years ago, really wanted to lose weight. I was about 50 pounds overweight, um, not feeling really great about myself and just not having a lot of energy. And I was 26. So it was like, okay, I should be feeling better than this in my mid-20s. Um, so I joined Weight Watchers and I really did it to a T and I was really excited and started to get into a lot of healthier eating, portion control, uh, exercise. And then about 45 pounds into my weight loss, um, I had some blood work done because I had had um, high cholesterol from tests previously. I have a family history of it. So I had her go ahead and run the numbers again, and my numbers were exactly the same. Wait, wait, wait. Hold hold on a second. You lost 45 pounds. You were working out like crazy, and it didn't improve? No, not at all. It was exactly the same number. It was like 225. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really frustrating. I mean, my HDL had improved, so, you know, my healthy cholesterol was better. But overall, the number was the same and the ratio was the same. So it was frustrating. <laughs> Very yeah, frustrating. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So then I, a couple of months later, lost all the weight, uh, about 52 pounds in total. So super exciting. That's amazing. Um, thank you. So you lost 52 pounds, but I'm guessing your cholesterol still didn't improve? Right. It did not. So what happened? <laughs> like, what did you okay. do? <laughs> uh, so from there, I uh, was talking to a cousin of mine who had just um, watched Forks of Our Knives, and she recommended that I watch it as well. And uh, I watched it, and it just really resonated with me. And that day, actually, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. 12 weeks, going to be dedicated, you know, no animal products. Um, let's see how it goes. And I did it. And 12 weeks later, had my cholesterol rechecked. And uh, it had gone down 25 points. In just 12 um, weeks? In just 12 weeks. Wow. So that must yeah, have been really so thrilling thought, for you, considering how devastated oh you were before. Yes. Yeah. It was like, okay, I've done all this work and I'm still not working. And, uh, but evidently my food choices needed to change as well. Um, so that really motivated me and I've had some ups and downs since then. That was about three years ago. Um, 
I got diagnosed with um, arthritis and, uh, you know, just I think I was looking for answers and I am a nurse and so I researched a lot of things and unfortunately I started um, kind of looking at some of the autoimmune protocol, which is basically paleo and started to think, well, maybe I should add fish back in my diet. So I got a lot of strife for a little while, but um, ultimately I did an elimination diet um, found meal mentor and I'm feeling the best that I have felt in probably <laughs> like the last two years since I was diagnosed. That's so amazing. I love hearing that. I know all of our listeners love hearing it too. And it's so encouraging to them. But one thing I really appreciated your honesty about so much was that you admitted that you were kind of looking for information. And I think that happens a lot of times. I think that we like to hear good news about our bad habits. We purposely look for information that can maybe make us feel better about choices we know aren't so good for us or information Mm -hmm. that maybe can help us justify it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think I was, you know, looking for anything and it made me think of the, you know, my husband makes jokes about things being snake oil, you know, he's Mm -hmm. like, is that really research based or is that, you know, just some latest fad, you know, to apparently it's going to cure all your ailments, you know? So uh, I think it's easy to fall into that trap when you're desperate uh, for anything to feel better. That's very true. When you are in pain or you're not feeling well, you will look for any answers and you'll, you'll consider anything, which fortunately is Mm -hmm. how a lot of people end up becoming plant-based or adopting a vegan lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But also it is interesting that you brought up the arthritis. I actually get tons of emails about this and happy for support and member support. And it's it's not just arthritis, but it's a lot of inflammation kind of related medical things like PCOS is another one, all the autoimmune things, even um, type mm-hmm. 2 diabetes, which is not an inflammation necessarily kind of in that genre. But people will email me and say, well, I have this. I feel like crap. And I went on the websites, like all these nationwide organizations and institutes, and they're telling me to follow the paleo diet or something Mm -hmm. similar like you are. And if you actually know nutrition and how it works in your body, it's like completely nonsensical because all of these things are very inflaming and acid producing. So it's like the last that you'd Mm want to put in a body that's sensitive to that. And of course, you know, you can say, oh, well... They, too, want to hear bad news or good news or, you know, mm-hmm, maybe they're being mm-hmm. paid. But so it's interesting that you had that, too. And I think a lot of people get led astray. Yeah. I mean, I just like you said, you know, when you're looking at National Institutes or, you know, I follow different things on social media about arthritis and it's like, you know, you should be including these foods in your diet or, you know, you should be avoiding this. And, yeah, you start to get confused because the messages just get jumbled up. And then, you know, my, unfortunately, my physician wasn't a ton of help. You know, I said, Mm -hmm. Hey, what can I be doing with my diet? And he said, Oh, well, you can meet with a nutritionist. And I'm thinking, that's not really what I mean. You know, I really need to know, (laughs) like, I'm not trying to lose weight anymore. I need to actually focus on foods that are helping me get well, you know, and instead he wanted to put me on, you know, a new um, biologic or a new medication, you know, and so Mm -hmm. it's just like, that's not what I'm looking for. And like you said, with these like national institutes, you you think you can trust them because, you know, maybe they're tied to a university Mm -hmm. or you're just like, it's a it's a national. It's not a business. They're bad, big, bad corporate America. But that's sometimes who Mm -hmm. they have ties to. And that's funny about your doctor, because I was just (laughs) just talking to a member this morning where she had to go on a medication and she's like, is there anything I need to know? Are there any risks? And the doctor's like, "Hmm, just the usual ones and sent her home. She goes home and she decides to be diligent and reads. And she read that 
her medication could have problems with the vitamin K, but she knew she must be getting vitamins. She's plant-based. She gets tons of vitamins, but she has no idea what's in vitamin K. So she calls her doctor and Mm -hmm. is like, what foods have vitamin K? And he's like, well, I can refer you to a nutritionist. (laughs) And she's like, I just want to know what vegetables I need to be cautious of because of this Mm -hmm. interaction. And she wasn't sure if he just never had a patient ask ever before or that I guess all of his patients eat so few vegetables that this vitamin K may never be an issue. But it was so right. funny because it was exactly. the same thing. And she always, he kept yeah. sending her to a nutritionist. And she's like, I just want a quick answer. And I don't want to Google. <laughs> right, right. I don't need to meet with somebody else. You know, I, yeah, I just want an answer from you, my physician who I trust. And, and who gave yeah, me this really pill. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, and, this, and good for her for looking at it because the side effects mm-hmm. are you know, you have to weigh the pros and cons. And I think that, you know, as a nurse, I didn't think I really understood that fully whenever I would be, you know, giving a medication to a patient or explaining things. But then as a patient, you know, I just, I felt a little bit lost and I felt like I had to make choices myself. You know, yes, I can get counsel from various people, but at the end of the day, it's my body and what I choose to take or not take or whatever, you know, I have to own that. And mm-hmm. um, so it's been kind of empowering even, you know, for me personally and how I can bring that into my professional life, too. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. What role this played in your profession and maybe how you just think about your job? Because, you know, nursing is so important and you guys never get enough love and praise, I know. But um, it's such an important mm-hmm. job and you touch so many lives and people are so dependent on you. Has it changed? I mean, you've, you've touched a little bit about this, but in the way even you just think about your work? Yeah, it has. Um, actually, in my role now, I'm an educator, and um, I my background is I used to work with patients who had had bariatric surgery or weight loss surgery. And oh, that's so interesting. I, kind of, yeah, it is really interesting. Um, I love uh, Dr. Garst because you know I'm like, oh, I totally get it uh, with his Proteinaholic book, which is awesome. But um, yeah, so that's kind of my background, and I, um, you know, I was a proponent of the surgery. At, prior to all of this, because a lot of times it was people's, you know, their last ditch effort, you know, it mm-hmm. was that or potentially all these comorbidities and they were really sick. So I get it. Um, but now it's definitely shifted to what can we do to keep people from having to go that route. And, um, so I do various presentations, um, through um, just different classes that we have at my hospital where I get a focus on, you know, talking about health and focusing on nutrition. And, you know, of course, I, I give kind of an overall global thing, but, you know, I really focus on eat your veggies. Like that's really, you know, um, the best thing. And I think a lot of my coworkers just know that about me now. And um, it's kind of empowering. At first, I felt like the weird one out, but I a lot of times they look at me almost as, I don't know, like they, they, they expected of me. And if I weren't to do it, I think that they would be disappointed, you know, like they're proud of the decisions I make and, and it feels good for sure. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I think people don't realize that they often are telling themselves they're the weird outcast, but little do they know that a lot of their friends or loved ones or coworkers actually admire them and look up Mm -hmm. to them, but maybe just aren't so good about being like, you're my hero. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, as, as, since I work with a lot of nurses, you know, they are wanting to hear things about health. I mean, it's still not easily accepted, but they get it. And they um, are a lot of, a lot more supportive than um, I maybe gave them credit for in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's been really nice. 
Well, and I think too, sometimes early on, we can be a little hypersensitive. I think so too. Well, I think we're questioning whether or not we made the right decision, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause it's a big life change. And then, and I think too, you're afraid of, well, what if I was wrong? And then I made mm-hmm. all this, you know, huff about it and then everyone's going to know. And you know, there's just, a right. You don't more. have self-confidence and, and you don't have confidence mm-hmm. in your choice. So if anyone is even the littlest bit suspicious, it just crumbles. Yeah. I think you really made a brilliant mm-hmm. point there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, it's been nice. And I, I, I talk to, cause I work with a lot of new nurses and I try to, um, teach them about, you know, while people are in the hospital, I know it doesn't necessarily seem like the greatest time to talk to them about all of their life choices. Cause maybe it was just like one surgery or one, whatever, but you know, nurses, I have been ranked as the number one trusted profession in the country wow. for years, except yeah, 2001 was the only year we weren't in the last, I think 10, 15 years. Um, or I guess 20 years, cause that was a long time ago. Um, and it was firefighters <laughs> that beat us that year, which is understandable with nine 11. Um, so yeah. And I just think you have such a great opportunity to teach people at a moment that they're probably going to be listening, you know, because mm-hmm. they just had a traumatic event. That's a really good point. That is when people's ears tend to be open because again, going back to that desperate to change, to feel different, to be different, mm-hmm. they're really more open and willing to try anything. I think in those, in those mm-hmm. instances. Mm-hmm. And it's challenging. I mean, I also uh, was a Weight Watchers leader for a little while before life got too crazy to try to have a full-time job, plus that, plus going back to school. Um, but uh, it's hard to talk to people about losing weight. It's one of those really taboo topics. Um, but I think it's important, you know, especially when you're in a role like that. You know, people look to you to have – if you're not willing to have that conversation with them, who is, you know? So. That's very true. That's a good point. And it is. I've definitely noticed that um, I'll – you know, I posted a picture on Facebook of like the comparison of what the internal organs look like of an obese person versus mm. um, a healthy person. And then the post was supposed to be inspiring. And of course, a lot of people sent me really mean emails saying that I was fat shaming. I'm like, I'm not fat shaming. I'm, I'm just saying this is what happens to your organs. This is that there are health mm-hmm. complications to being overweight. I'm not saying you can't be beautiful or feel great or have a great life. You absolutely can. But there's still mm-hmm. complications. <laughs> Right, exactly. There's still I mean, greater risk. Biology. Right, right, right. I mean, your organs are going to get pushed in different directions because of the extra, you know, fat tissue, and that's not, in general speaking, good for your organs. You know, I mean, they want to have room, and unfortunately, I think that picture actually speaks volumes to what's going on inside and how you're, you're probably not feeling super great, right? If you're not feeling great on the outside, the probably because your inside's not feeling too hot either. And this was something that I struggled with. And and I'm I'm guessing you probably did too, to some extent, is when, you know, um, you have weight to lose like 40 or 50 or even more pounds. You're so busy focused on your outwards appearance and how it looks that you're not actually thinking about those internal organs and what stresses they might be under. I mean, at least I wasn't. No, I wasn't either. And it's really been, you know, since my autoimmune stuff that I realized, you know, how much your GI system, like how long it is and how it's affected by all the foods that you eat. And so if you're not eating nutritional food, then, you know, your entire insides are being touched by all of that, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just amazing to kind of think about it in that picture sense. And and not even when you touched on the external, um, appearance. I also was thinking even just mentally, you know, are you checking in? Because I think it can be 
really traumatic for people to lose weight. And I think, you know, because you are going through a lot of changes, you're um, maybe not going at a rate that you want to be or whatever it is. And just, I think, you know, checking in with yourself mentally, spiritually, how are you doing? And, and regardless, I was just doing a presentation two weeks ago and I was saying whether you choose to have bariatric surgery or you choose to just eat healthier and move more, whatever it is, it's a lifestyle change and it's quite the adjustment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love how well you summarized that. Of course you did because you're a nurse. So you know all these things so well, but it really is such a great point. And um, I'm loving getting your perspective as a nurse. I keep writing all these notes down. I'm like, I have to bring this up. I have to bring this up. So so speaking of my notes, um, two things that kind of go together is one is that you, as you mentioned, you were a Weight Watchers leader. So you were really involved in a community. But then one of the reasons that we connected to talk today was because how much you love the meal mentor community and how you wrote in your Herbie of the Week story was so beautiful, like, hallelujah, I found my peeps. And so I thought maybe you could talk about that because I think a lot of people, because they didn't maybe fit squarely into one group, they think another group won't work for them. That's a really good point. Um, Yeah, I really... At first, when I joined Weight Watchers, I wasn't quite sure of the demographic because for the most part, it's older women. That tends to be kind of the stereotype. And definitely for my group that I went to, you know, no one was really my age at, mm-hmm. at 26. So that was kind of intimidating. But I did go with my mom. And I think that helped having a buddy, you know, that I went with every week. And uh, pretty soon, um, yeah, they were a really great community. And um I became a leader and I was pretty heavily invested. And then um, it just didn't work for my personal life anymore. So I kind of got out of that. And then I actually feel like I was, yeah, kind of floating a little bit without that community there. Um, I, you know, was worried, am I going to gain my weight back? I mean, I still went as a member, but after being a leader, it was a little bit uncomfortable because most people knew right. me, you mm-hmm, know, so then it was mm-hmm. like, I gain weight again. And so, yeah, I, um, you know, after seeing Forks Over Knives, you, you, you kind of find this new community. So then, you know, started to find out, you know, Dr. Neil Barnard and Dr. McDougall and all that. And then Happy Herbivore. And um, I, I was reluctant, I guess, to do the meal plans because I thought, oh, I have all these recipes. I, I've already been doing this for a couple of years. You know, why why do I need to do this? And um, and then you were having one of your great sales <laughs> last April. And I just thought, you know what, maybe there's something to this. Let's at least, you know, give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. And um, being able to join the Facebook group has been so amazing. I mean, I'm not even someone that posts a, a great deal, but just being able to every time that I turn on Facebook, on my phone or on the uh, computer or Instagram, being able to follow, you know, Happy Herb for a Meal Mentor, um, it's just a constantly seeing feed of positive remarks of the plant-based diet, um, so supportive people that are struggling, like I'm having a bad day, all I want to do is eat or, you know, whatever. And then all the things that you talk about with um, binge eating and things like that, I just, it was right up my alley. You know, I too was so excited. Oh, I can eat all the plants I want and I don't have to count calories anymore. And it's not a big deal. You know, I totally fell for that. And then, um, you know, I, five pounds crept up. I mean, I'm kind of blaming getting married a year and a half ago for that, but, <laughs> um, but it, you know, that tends to happen. But, um, but really it was, you know, I stopped being aware of portions and I started, you know, just eat, thinking I could eat whatever. And I wasn't as diligent. Um, and this community really helped me realize, okay, I'm not alone. There are other people to support me. 
Well, I think you must be reading my little note sheet here, or we're just completely cosmically connected right now, because my next thing (laughs) was I wanted to talk about binge eating, because I know you and I connected on a very personal level, having had such similar struggles and experiences, which both came from the same place. We both thought like, oh, but I'm eating vegetables. They're so healthy. I can eat as many as Mm -hmm. I want. But we learned the hard way. That's just not true. Just because it's a health food, excess is still excess. And so I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about your struggle and how, you know, between the community and our talking, and I've loved all of your super honesty in the group about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I, when, you know, when I joined Weight Watchers, one of the positives there too, right, was that vegetables and fruit were... um, Unlimited. They didn't earn any points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unlimited, exactly. So if I was having a day where I was feeling stressed or anxious or whatever, I would literally steam like this big, huge bowl of Brussels sprouts and broccoli and eat away my feelings by eating a bunch of cruciferous vegetables, <laughs> you know, um, basically to the point where I was super full, but I was like, there's zero points and it's, mm-hmm. you know, doing what I need it to do. And, I did it um, with salsa and celery there. I can, I confess uh, that. <laughs> yeah, we all have our, whatever the vegetable is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it's kind of just something that I have struggled with and probably not really been ready to admit until probably the last year. And I definitely find that there's just times of stress in my life and that's the first thing that I tend to turn to. And um, having the community just to be able to to know that there are other people that go through it or, I mean, I love the advice of have a potato, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that it's definitely way more satiating than just a bunch of broccoli and Brussels sprouts. I mean, you get full, but potatoes, I mean, they're delicious. Yeah, they just um, they just satiate in a way like I can't find anything else that does it or in such small amount. Like I can eat half of potato and be like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're super full if you have the whole potato or, and it stinks. I live in Idaho. And so I think, <laughs> you think oh, all these potatoes, right? <laughs> but we don't get any of the good ones. They send them out oh. to all the rest of the country. So oh, man. we have like these little tiny baby potatoes. <laughs> well, I got the big ones um, in California. I thank you for your sacrifice. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I love the, the mustard trick. Mustard or salsa goes on my potatoes all the time. And uh, my coworkers also know me too. I travel a lot for my job. And so I'm usually bringing around some hot sauce or some mustard or something with me. And, mm-hmm, you know, I just, mm-hmm. it, it helps to be prepared because I know that that's, you know, something I do. If I get stressed out, that's usually what I turn to. And if I'm prepared for it, then, you know, I just, and I don't beat myself up later about it. I love it. And I love that you are like me, that you always have like potatoes in your pocket with some hot sauce because that's my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I used to tease my husband because he would get the five pound bag or the 10 pound bag. And I'm like, who can eat that many potatoes? And now I'm like, yeah, I can. I can eat that many potatoes. It's so funny you say that because I used to see like the five and 10 pound bags and wonder the same thing. And I was also constantly perpe- like perplexed by the bags of lemons and limes. I'm like, who needs five limes? Yeah, that's me every week now. Thank you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> with, with regards to the potatoes and the limes. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> the potatoes yeah. and limes and the lemons that that's me so tell yeah. me about your animal kingdom yeah actually I don't know if you just heard them but uh the puppy just got home and he was chasing me around the house um <laughs> uh yeah we my husband and I when we moved in together I had a cat 
and he adopted his cat from his sister actually and uh and had a dog and so it seemed manageable and <laughs> we decided to get a cat together so then we had three cats and a dog and then we decided chicken sounded like a good idea and um so <laughs> and my husband's like well you have to get because we're allowed to have six in city limits. And he's like, well, what if one or two die because they're little tiny chicks? We should get more than that. So I think at one point we've had eight of them. And then oh my roosters. I know. And we're not allowed to have roosters in the city limits. So um, I do something called Operation Chicken Freedom, um, <laughs> where I let them out at a, a area that's um, – it's kind of a wetland area and let them go. Cause I'm like, well, I can't, I'm not going to kill them. <laughs> and right. uh, I'm not, you can't take them to the pound. And so I'm like, well, I figured this is probably the most natural way to have them without, you know, getting fines and, and all of that stuff. So, um, so that's what we did once. But anyway, so then, uh, yeah. And then we just got a puppy last September. So we have, Six chickens, two dogs, and three cats. <laughs> that is a lot of love. <laughs> it is. And it is so much love. And um, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, they are just a joy. And, uh, yeah, I've become. And I think, you know, it's funny. I remember reading maybe it was a Herbie of the Week or something on the forum. But somebody said, you know, I started this for health reasons. But as I've continued down this path it's been more about ethical uh, mm -hmm. reasons. And um, I definitely find that that's true for me. Oh, yeah, I hear one of your pugs. Yeah, I was going to say, do you hear my animal kingdom going? Because uh, that would be that really neat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so I found that I've become a lot more sensitive to just any animal um just, yeah, I, I have so much love for all of them. Yeah. And I think that's true. And I've definitely seen it in the forums and I know other people have said it on this podcast that, you know, maybe they went vegan for health reasons or to lose weight, but ultimately when you, it's like a three-legged stool. Once you start caring about one thing, you start caring about the other things too. And that was definitely true mm -hmm. for me. I mean, I always loved animals, but it went to a much more deeper compassion um, when I adopted mm -hmm. a plant-based diet. Yeah, definitely for me too. I just, you know, now, because, um, you know, kind of living in a mixed household, my, my husband's still an omnivore. And so when we first start, when I first started this, I would still, uh, he's a main cook in, in our family. So a lot of times it was him actually cooking what I wanted him to cook and then he would add meat to it. But every once in a while to, you know, be a nice wife, I would cook him something. And I kind of got to the point, well, one, I'm not very good at it anymore because, I don't cook meat on a regular basis. <laughs> and then uh, two, it kind of grosses me out. Like I just mm -hmm. don't want to do it, you know, if I can avoid it. Well, since your husband is an omnivore, how are you making the meal plans work? Do you just follow them yourself? Does he add his own meat to them? Like, how does it work? Because I know a lot of people ask this question when their partner or child is not also plant-based. Yeah. Um, I make the meals myself for the most part. And originally I was doing the individual plan, but then it was just for me, the batch, the batch cooking was longer than I wanted. And so instead I'm doing um, the family plans and I usually do two to three. So then that way I just have lunches and dinners for the week. And um, my husband actually, there's been a couple of things that he's seen me make, but he's like, that looks really good. You know, maybe oh, that's maybe exciting. That together. Yeah. So you like that stuff. Um, or I've tried different 
just recipes from your cookbooks that he's been a fan of. Um, so he's, he's really open to things. He also is willing to make me certain things too. So, um, and then he makes his own. And actually what's been really great is even though we're not making the same things, we both have been batch cooking on Sundays together. Oh, that so must be so usually, nice to do that together. It, it, it's so fun. Like we'll use the crock pot, you know, for like one of our meals. And then, you know, I'll use like the oven and he'll use the stove or we kind of just collaborate, you know, so we're not getting each other's way in the kitchen. But it's so nice because now during the week, we both just put in our leftovers in the microwave. We can have dinner together, but, you know, we're not having to cook, you know, because our food's already made. We can still eat together, even though it's not the same thing. It still feels more like we're doing it together mm-hmm. um, versus mm-hmm. it being separate. Yeah, and so, it feels yeah, like it's, it's you're still working. having that nice time, that nice experience. Because I think that's what a lot of people feel like. They're like, oh, it's different now. I can't, like, participate in things my spouse enjoys. It's like, well, but you just proved you can. Right, right. Yeah, when we were – because it's been an evolution for us. You know, at first he was weird about it, and then he got better, and then kind of he's had times of being frustrated, you know, especially – um, I can't do gluten anymore because um, of my inflammation. And so I've, just, I've had a lot of changes, you know, that he's had to adjust as well as myself. And um, so now being able to do this, it still feels like we're cooking together. And then it feels like we're eating together most nights, too. Um, so I think we were missing that when it's like, well, I'm just going to cook my meal. You cook your meal. You know, it just felt like we weren't doing things together. And, and it was hard for us for a little while. And that's how it was with myself and my husband, even when we had the same diet, but it was before we were kind of meal planning doing batch cooking is we often came home at different times. We both had jobs where we didn't necessarily know what time we might get home. Like ideally we both wanted to leave at five, but sometimes we just couldn't. We both, I was a lawyer, he worked in an office, so it just wasn't always possible. So we often even couldn't plan dinner because we didn't know if we were getting home at the same time. So I was coming home, I was exhausted from a long day and then I had to make something so it wasn't healthy. And I would eat. And then my husband was the same thing. He had come home exhausted from a long day and he didn't want to cook. And so he wouldn't eat something healthy. But we never did together. But then we're like, this isn't working. (laughs) We're so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. We need to get this together. We started meal planning. We started batch cooking on the weekend. And sometimes we could time it like, oh, you're on your way home. Great. I'll wait 20 minutes. And we could just reheat it and eat it together. But at the very least, we knew we could reheat it. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. And at least then be together quicker because it wasn't, oh, I'm going to eat and or I'm going to cook, eat and clean up. And then he comes home and he's going to eat. And by the time we're both in the same place, it's oh sleepy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's really worked well for us. And I just feel like, um, you know, I, I don't know. In addition to the being able to eat together and all that, one of the things that I know is talked about quite a bit too is the saving money. I mean, he and mm-hmm. I are actually writing grocery lists and we're sticking to them and, you know, our, um, budget for food is just, and we're not eating out because we have these meals mm-hmm. in our fridge, you know, that we can eat. And um, so, yeah, it's just been really beneficial all around uh, for both of us. Ah, makes me so happy to hear. So there were two more <laughs> things that I wanted to talk to you about. And the one that I'm just so fascinated by the most is that you make your own kombucha. And I love kombucha, yeah. and I've always, always wanted to make it because they're like $7. So you need to tell me your secret mm-hmm. on how to do this right now. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I have to say I'm super lucky because my husband is a brewer. Uh, so he's actually a head brewer. Oh, brewery, see, and that's so, not fair. Yeah. I know. So I have an in on that. You know, he definitely understands that whole process. And 
Um, okay, so husband's a brewer, super unfair. Super unfair, definitely. Um, so he has, he's my support person. We do it together, um, which is another fun thing that we do. And we actually ordered a SCOBY, um, which I don't ask him what that stands for right now, but it's the, the mother, basically. Um, uh, we ordered it online, I think on Amazon, and it came in, you know, just a package. And basically, it's how you get the tea fermented. And um, so we um, basically just kind of looked it up online at different recipes, but um, we make... Ours isn't super fancy. We use black tea. I know people have used like combos of black and green mm-hmm. and white and whatever. Um, but we uh, use just black tea um, and regular sugar. Um, although the most recent batch, we used like some um, like turbinado sugar, like some fancier sugar, you know, just to make it a little bit um, more high quality. And um, and then put the SCOBY in and um, it takes about at least two weeks or so to ferment. Oh, wow. Um, but we, yeah, so it's not super long and you can do two ways. There's some people that they just have like a jug or they keep it, you know, in their kitchen they can just, you know, draw from there and then just refill it. Um, we actually, um, ferment ours, um, for at least two to four weeks. We have a warmer jacket that you can put around the container that actually makes it go a little bit faster. Um, and then we transfer it into a keg and my husband has a kegerator in the fridge. Um, and so then I have kombucha on tap. Wait, 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 back this up. You have it on tap, like a beer. Yeah. I can't talk to you anymore. I can't do this. I know. I know. (laughs) I can't do this. It's true. I know we started bottling it and I have to tell you, it was actually kind of dangerous because it ferments so crazy that we were popping the top and it was like brain places um, <laughs> and it was just not working well for us so he's like well I think we could keg it you know and I'm like you would like actually use a tap for my kombucha instead of just beer you know because he he brings kegs home from work and mm-hmm, so we have right. three taps and he was like yes honey I will dedicate a tap for your kombucha and I'm like thank you <laughs> I just I don't um, I don't think we can continue being friends <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know the perks of being married to a brewer, uh, but hey, I can't have beer because of the gluten thing. So I guess, <laughs> yeah, okay, there perks. we go. I guess that's fair. That's fair. Okay. I yep, can forgive yep. you now. <laughs> I can <Yep>. forgive it. <sighs> uh, so wait, did your husband make bread? Because I feel like yeast things all go together in the interest category. He doesn't actually. Okay. I mean, he has, but not like super interested. Yeah, mm. I've been probably the more experimental because I was trying to find a gluten-free option and well that was gonna be my next question if he was into it is he like making you some awesome gluten-free bread and if so does he want to give us all the recipe but I see how it is (laughs) I know I know he's not experimenting with that yet so but uh, he does experiment with different flavors of kombucha yeah there's hope there's hope (laughs) but yeah the kombucha we we have a garden too so our last batch we had some uh, rhubarb that we took out of the garden and turned it into concentrate so we had like a rhubarb kombucha so mm. that's fun that sounds yeah. good i want to try that i like it any, good. I, it was, I, yeah i like ginger I it was and be too vinegary, but. oh well I, you know i like vinegar i do shots of it sometimes <gasps> anyway yeah. <laughs> you have to do tart like tart things and then there you go <laughs> so my final thing i wanted to bring up was 
um, it's kind of two, it's, it's compounded. So one, you've become like an awesome runner. You're like killing it out there running like crazy. And I know you love yoga and you also swim, bike and do all kinds of other stuff, which brings me to, I want to definitely talk about all that stuff you do and how you got into it. But it brings me to a lot of people, you know, they think that meal mentor is only for people who are counting calories or trying to lose weight. But you came to us as someone who had no more weight to lose. You were already your own weight loss success from previous. And and you've well, except for those five pounds yeah, that crept up and you right. lost. But you're you're, you know, at a healthy weight. You're extremely active, and a lot of people in your exact position think that meal mentor isn't for them. So I thought maybe you could kind of explain to them how it is, and also tell mm-hmm. us about all this crazy. Well, let's start off by you telling us all this amazing exercise and running you do. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, it was a couple months into my weight loss, and I had never I hadn't run a mile since like I was 13, like eighth grade. I mean, it had been so long. And I thought, let's, let's give this a whirl. And uh, anyway, once I ran my first mile without stopping, uh, I was pretty much hooked. And uh, so then I was like, okay, well, let's sign up for a 5K. And it just kind of snowballed into, um, I've done a bunch of 5Ks. Uh, I've done two half marathons. I, I even did a, a triathlon because um, I was like, why not, right? You mm-hmm. know, it'd be fun. And um, so I'm actually training for my second one and, 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 you know, it's a sprint triathlon, but I, I hate to even say that because it's like, it's still a triathlon, but so it's a little bit shorter. Um, I'm not doing an Ironman or anything, but, um, it's, uh, it's just a ton of fun and I love the way I feel as a result of it. Right. And, um, and then the, the yoga too, oh my gosh, I kind of felt like, I, I think I've told myself, you know, you're working out all the time. You should make sure to stretch and things like that. You're killing it with the triathlons. You know what? I've never even done a triathlon, short sprint, baby, micro, whatever. So you're already way ahead of me, lady friend. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, and then I started to incorporate the yoga a couple of years ago and I was doing hot yoga. So again, I mean, just straight to intensity, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, fell in love with it and not just I mean, I, yes, it was really fun to be able to be more flexible because I've never really been very flexible and, you know, being able to do that. But just the peace of mind it gave me. And actually, um, that's been my most recent journey. Um, I've done yoga every day so far in 2016. Wow. Very excited about that. And, but it's like 30 minutes here. It, even if like I said, I spent like 20 minutes in extended child's pose. You know I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I'm not like going for any you know, like most flexible awards or anything, just trying to like really do what makes me feel good, you know? And, um, and I'm so sure it helps with so the recovering from all the biking and swimming and running and exactly. Yeah. I needed something to just kind of be more low key and help stretch my muscles. And so really with kind of finding meal mentor with all of this, I wanted to make sure that the food I was eating was refueling me, you know, to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I can eat, plant-based food, but am I eating right combos? And I mean, I, I have to say that most of the meals are simple, you know, but the taste combinations are things I would have never paired together, which helps. And I was, I was getting into a rut with my meals and I was not having a lot of great new ideas. And I think that was partly too why, why I was driven towards no mentor. Cause it's like, I want the guesswork taken out. I mean, I have all these cookbooks, but then I have to decide and then, and it's usually not simple, you know, it's like 
you know, this ingredient that I have to go to a specialty store for or something that I have to like soak overnight or I don't know, just all these different things that weren't working for me. And so I was just not finding food that really was exciting. <laughs> and I found that with no mentor. I, I look forward to my meals. And I also don't have, because with the binge eating too, not having um, a meal that I have planned out, um, I tend I tend to make poor choices. And especially oh, after a workout mm-hmm. and you're really hungry and yeah, it's nice to just know it's there for you. Yeah. And I love, I love that you are finding new flavors because that's been a thing for me too, is it always forces me to go outside my comfort zone and try new things and just, you know, be open versus, oh my gosh, my diet was so limited before, but I I do. Mm -hmm. And I love that you are doing all these things like the triathlons and the half marathons. And so what do you do? What are your kind of supplements to like boost your calories a little bit? Because like I said, a lot of people think that Meal Mentor is mm-hmm. only for those losing weight. And I'm like, heck no. We had a guy climb, trained to climb Mount Everest on the meal plans. Like you can be all over the board. Mm-hmm. But tell us what you do yeah. exactly because a lot of people are, are worried. Well, what if I want to start running? Will I be super hungry? What do I need to do? Right. Yeah. Um, most times I will just do the add-ons that the Meal Mentor suggests. You know, um, I don't worry so much about my fat content um, because I'm, you know, doing an hour-long spin workout or whatever. You know, I I, I want to have the calories, um, but I find too because I um, I know you've talked about this quite a bit. With we tend to overestimate how much we're burning, mm-hmm. and so I think it's really good for me to just be aware of that. That just because I had some intense workout or whatever, yeah, that means that I probably maybe can add a potato or add some avocado or add some whatever, but I don't need to eat like an entirely additional meal. I don't need to eat an extra 500 calories because exactly. I ran three miles. I love that yeah, you know you that. Know. That's am- yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You summarized it so perfectly. But yeah, and it, the thing is, is I remember I went and I like went dancing for eight hours and I was like, oh my God, I must have burned like 1,200 calories. And I realized mm-hmm. I burned like 300. And that's, had I sat on my bottom that whole time, I would have burned like 200. <laughs> it really exactly. wasn't that much of a difference. Yeah, no, I recently got a Fitbit and uh, Saturday I ran and then I did like all this stuff around the house. You know, it's a lot of walking. And then we went to, and my husband had a beer prom, which was super fun at the brewery. And so people dressed up in like 80s oh, attire. That's super and fun. Uh, it was really fun. So we danced and um, I, yeah, I mean, I was surprised. I still only burned like maybe 2,500 calories for the day. So I'm like, that's not really that crazy, you know, because. I, I know that I'm eating, you know, probably 1500 calories on the day that I worked out, you know, so it's just not, it's, it's not as crazy as you think it might be. So, yes, absolutely. Well, Stacey, it mm-hmm. has been so fun having you on the podcast and I love your honesty. Thank you. And I love Thank that you, you. just it's become this like super peppy, awesome, happy, like crazy running girl. <laughs> me too. I mean, I think it was in me. It's Somewhere along the line, I definitely relate to you when you say, you know, you thought you weren't an athlete. I thought the same thing. And it's like, you know, you're only what you think you are. So mm-hmm. you, you have to play, see see if there's more to that, you know, than you don't know. So Yes. I always like to say, don't be the person telling yourself you can't do something because as long as you say it, it'll be true. It's true. Yeah. And I definitely did that to myself for a long time and I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yes. Don't. Yeah, exactly. You can do it. You can run. You can be plant-based. You can be different. <sighs> anyway, right, yes. right. 
Oh, it's great stuff. <laughs> I know I'll talk to you more in the forums and the group. And of course, anyone wants to read your additional story. And actually, I think we have a really cool, fun picture of you running one of your races and you have like these bright orange socks on. It's super cute. But you can look it up <laughs> as Stacy E as an Edward for Herbie of the Week. It was February 2016. Great story. You can actually get a face to the very beautiful Stacy who's been talking to us. And if you want to learn more about the meal plans and join our community or even just try a free sample, you can visit getmealplans.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please rate this podcast. I know I'll appreciate it and Stacey will appreciate it. And so will all the other listeners and co-pilots. So with that, thanks everyone for listening. Have a great night. And thank you again so much, Stacey, for coming on and being a Herbie of the Week and just an awesome, inspiring member. Thank you, Lindsay. It's been a joy. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye.